G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Greg Bondar is State Director of Family Voice Australia for New South Wales and the ACT and he's joining us. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Hey, Greg, Mark Latham, uh, a well-known name in Australian politics, uh, once the federal leader of the Labor Party and now a One Nation representative in the New South Wales Upper House, uh, getting a lot of attention from conservative Christians. Now, there's been an article this past week in Eternity newspaper and asking the question, a controversial question I might add, is Mark Latham the new Fred Nile? Uh, you're quoted in that article. You've been approached by Eternity News and you gave your contribution. Uh, what are your thoughts on that question? Is Mark Latham the new Fred Nile? Wow, what an interesting question, Neil. Um, can I make it perfectly clear that there will never be another Fred Nile? I mean, uh, Fred is delightful. He's absolutely a man of God and, uh, and, and I've had the privilege of working with him. I'm actually writing a, going to write a book about him when time permits, but... In, in response to your question, look, Mark Latham is certainly uh, impinging on the Christian conservative vote. There is no question of that. Uh, in terms of trying to make sure that uh, uh, Christians uh, divert their, their, their voting power to a new party, which is now the One Nation in New South Wales, they've got two representatives in the upper house, um, Mark Latham has all of a sudden... And I'm pleased to, and I'm pleased about that. He has a he's had virtually a hundred and eighty degree turnaround from his former Labor days. He is now speaking far more conservatively. He's speaking about the the fact that Christians need protection and uh, in regard to that, Neil, he's now introduced a new bill into the Parliament, the anti discrimination bill, uh, which goes a long way to address a number of issues that Christians in the public arena face. Uh, in particular, if you go back to the Israel Falau, the Margaret Court, um, you'll find that uh, they were very much, uh, you know, attacked by the media, the secular society. So this bill in New South Wales has implications, I believe, uh, nationally, but in particular New South Wales, because it now will do a number of things to allow people that still want to post on their social media their, their Christian beliefs now. Well, when someone like Mark Latham says those who quote from the Bible should not be hounded from the public square, we will all celebrate uh, the fact that someone who does not even claim to be a Christian uh, and maybe a Christian in the evangelical sense that we often talk about. Uh, I mean, there's a very broad definition. He may well come under that, but he doesn't claim to be a Christian, but he wants to stand up for those who want to quote from the Bible because there's an issue of free speech. Uh, he isn't holding back and he's not afraid to support Christian ideas here. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that Mark, I met Mark a number of times, actually met with him last Friday again, but Mark Latham has made it perfectly clear, and I think we should be aware of this, that there is no law forbidding discrimination on the basis of religion in New South Wales at the moment. And yet, 
It is illegal to discriminate against somebody on the basis of age, sex, race, disability. And we've got nothing to protect the religious uh, a person that wants to express their view. So from that point of view, Mark Ratham's bill is a real answer to a prayer. And uh, in that regard, he's showing that uh, he, he's very much open to uh, accommodating the Christian view, viewpoint. But he's also made the point, Neil, that you know, discrimination in any form is, is, is not good. So um, he's on board. He's making sure that uh, uh, the Christians are represented. But in, in particular, Neil, I think I need to make the point with the bill, it's going to do two things. One, it's going to make sure that frivolous and vexatious claims by, again, I use the phrase, the loony left, uh, will not be allowed to, to, to go to a full court hearing. Uh, and secondly, it also makes the point that uh, the president of the anti-discrimination um, uh, tribunal will, will now ca- ca- can decline complaints to the New South Wales Civil Administrative Tribunal, which is very costly. It can cause a lot of angst for people. So the bill is actually very, very good for the Christian worldview. Greg, there is uh, apparent bipartisan support for this bill. Uh, you're thinking that it's likely to go through in the New South Wales Parliament? Well, absolutely. I, look, I, I've spoken to a couple of the uh, uh, politicians on both sides of the political fence and the independents as well. Now, apart from the Greens, but even there, there was, there was a, a, I believe Mark said, some indication that they would be happy to support this to, to some degree. So... There seems to be an, a broad, across the, across the board, you know, support for this particular bill. Uh, the Shooters and Fishers, it's chaired by, uh, by the Shooters, Robert Borsak, and he's, you know, I, and I'm sure he's a reasonable conservative man as well, but irrespective of whether you're conservative or not, the bill makes sense. Uh, we need to have protection, whether it's age, disability, sex, race, and religion. We need to make sure that those... Uh, Uh, legislative provisions are in place for us to be able to speak uh, our faith. Uh, Let's come back to the question that you were asked and that we're talking about today. Is Mark Latham the new Fred Nile? There's something that is very different between the two that you can't reconcile, and that is that Fred Nile has those little letters in front of his name, Rev, Reverend Fred Nile. There's a certain... Uh, steadfastness that's held him and uh, that idea of those values that he's held, Christian values. Mm. Uh, so to have the thought that Mark Latham could be the new Fred Nile, uh, what are your thoughts along those lines? Because yeah. there's a huge difference when you uh, take into yeah. consideration those three little letters, R-E-V. Look, absolutely. No. Look, I have to recall very quick uh, a little... Uh incident when I first started working for Fred, I think I might have mentioned this, I'm not sure, but uh, I wrote a speech for Fred and I had there uh, um, the Honourable Reverend Fred Nile, MLC, and Fred came back to me and said, Greg, I have an issue with your speech. I said, what's wrong? I've written it for you, Fred. It says everything you like. It says, the title is Reverend Honourable Fred Nile not Honourable Reverend Fred Knowles. says, nobody comes before God. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's so, a good point, isn't it? It's a good point. So in that respect, I, I can't see Mark Latham being a reverend, but God works in mysterious ways, Neil. Um, what he's doing politically, he is looking like becoming the new Fred Knowles. In terms of religion, I think he's very supportive of the Christian worldview, 
but I don't suspect that he'll have the, the, the same command at the church uh, level. But based on the policies that come forward in the next couple of years in the election, that may well change. But look, politically, I think Mark Latham could fill the void left in the conservative Christian vote. I suspect that if he is seeking to reach out to the Christian constituency and if a question like that continues to arise, is Mark Latham the new Fred Nile? Uh, there'll be an element of suspicion there from Christians uh, when he's seeking to reach out to the Christian constituency. But again, this is something a little bit, there's a little bit Trump-ish uh, this is a bit Trumpish insofar as yep. Donald Trump hadn't claimed all of those sorts of Christian foundations and certainly the actions of his earlier life didn't reflect those things. But by his actions, uh, he has won a Christian constituency in the US. And there's a certain sense here, I can see a little bit of similarity between Mark Latham and uh, and Donald Trump here, and I'm not sure whether uh, drawing that connection, uh, whether he'd even like that. Uh, but there is that sense in which the actions speak louder than words and uh, he is standing up going into bat for those christian values here yeah look let's make it perfectly clear mark latham said he's not a christian but he holds and allows the views of christians to be aired and 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 in particular defended so he's made that point he's not a christian as i said again god works in mysterious ways but i like your analogy between him and trump but the point we need to be making is that that when we look at the political spectrum, uh, as for Family Voice, for example, we're we're non-denominational and apolitical in the sense that we don't particularly defend any any particular party or whatever. What we want to make sure is that the Christian viewpoint is heard in the public arena, is defended in the public arena, and we want to make sure that politicians... And we work closely with some Labor politicians here in New South Wales and some of the other, other states as well, who are Christian-based, and, and, and we value that support, whether they're, you know, Greens or Labor or, 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 or who knows, independents in particular. So we make sure we work in with them. So Mark Latham, yes, I think he's going to be that sort of uh, Trump-type air, uh, sort of uh, a view where, you know, he'll attract a lot of the Christians, but even now I've spoken to a couple of Christians um, from various churches who are still anti anti Mark Latham for whatever reason. So I think he will work to gain some of that trust back from the churches and other Christians. Hey, Greg, let's spend a few moments and uh, talk about the Christian Democratic Party in New South Wales uh, because while we're talking about Mark Latham, uh, we're also talking about the Reverend Fred Nile. He's 84 years of age now. Uh, what a champion he has been, leads the Christian Democrats, and uh, and they've had their own challenges just of recent times. What are your thoughts on developments in the Christian Democratic Party? Well, interesting you mentioned that, uh, Neil. I'm, I'm actually having lunch with Fred in a couple of weeks' time and uh, his wife, lovely wife, Silvana, and uh, well, we're going to discuss a number of issues to do with, to do with uh, Christian faith and how we can make sure that the, uh, our viewpoint in the public arena is heard. Now, in, in, terms of, uh, in terms of Fred, 84, yes, I was also privileged to attend his uh, birthday party last year. Uh, a very private dinner at Parliament House and... Uh, and Fred has a saying, you know, Neil, and he said that uh, people have asked him, when are you going to retire? And Fred has said uh, publicly and, you know, to me personally, that I will go and God wants me to go. <laughs> now, that could mean a number of things, but he's very um, 
respectful about it. Uh, I think that he needs to make sure, and I've said this in the article when I was asked, that uh, the future of the CDP will depend on how Fred and Silvana and the party members uh, put themselves up for election, what policies they're going to have and what, what, what is the game plan to make sure that Christians uh, are defended in the, uh, in the political atmosphere. So, uh, you know, um, it, it's very much up to Fred and his party and as to where they end up in uh, two years' time when the election comes around in New South Wales again. Greg, I know that there are a lot of Christians who listen to our conversation now concerned about what's happened to all of the uh, Christian political parties. And, uh, of course, Christian Democratic Party still stands strong. And uh, even if we're looking for just a couple of days, the Eden Monero by-election, yep. uh, there'll be parties who are standing. There's the Australian yep. Federation Party, got yep. some Christian foundations to it, and the uh, Christian Democratic Party. Yep. And there's even another one, uh, I think it's called Australia One, that's sort of uh, you know not represented in the by-election that's coming up, but uh, they're, st- they're in the process registering. There's some parties with some Christian connection there uh, what are your thoughts uh, for how Christians might be thinking about you know uh, the loss of the Australian Conservatives and that of yeah. course had part of it as the family first and there's rise up Australia and Australian Christians uh, what are your thoughts on on what those Christian parties yeah. and the likelihood of things as they evolve look I think Eden, the Eden Monaro by-election of course is going to come down to the two main parties I think Labor and, uh, and, and Liberal. But having said that, there's been a lot of work by people like Fred and I. They've got a candidate down there, a very strong candidate. She's been very active. Um, uh, she's down there. She's going campaigning. But, but in, in terms of Christian parties, I remember when I was with Fred at the, uh, at, at the uh, uh, Christian Democratic Party as federal director, I put forward a proposal to all these Christian-based organisations that we ought to have one Christian political party, and I called it at the time the Coalition of Christians. In other words, we should be all getting together because at the moment, Christians and the Conservatives are really splitting their vote, and they're never going to make headway in terms of uh, in, in terms of being a political force. That said, you only need one person in Parliament, as as uh, as was the case with Fred when he first got elected, and he was able to then sometimes have the power of. Uh, power of decision making in terms of uh, which way his vote goes. There's been a number of bills in Parliament where he was a deciding factor so I think it's important that Christians are represented but I think we also need to make sure that they become a unified force rather than a sprinter group um, because that's just going to cause problems. It needs to be a unified voice and while I've got you at this point in this type of conversation and uh, there is always this divide within I think in the Christian community uh, do I support a Christian party and and I always encourage people to use your number one vote uh, to vote for a Christian party and then uh, your number two for uh, your next preference. And we have this wonderful system in Australia, preferential voting. Mm. But then there's the other side of the coin that people say, well, I really shouldn't put my efforts into supporting the Christian parties. I really should put my efforts into getting in and involving myself in the politics and the arguments and the pre-selection processes that happen in the major parties. And from what I understand, there's been a real gravitation. A lot of Christians, and you might be able to confirm this, have actually been joining the Liberal Party. Now, I hope that there's a lot of Christians all 
joining the Labour Party too, but but from what I hear, there's a real gravitation towards the Liberal Party. What are your thoughts here? That that is correct. There's been a big movement towards um, towards the Liberal Party membership from uh, from the point of view of a lot of the other type parties, like as you said, Australian Christians and what have you. Uh, people have moved over to the Liberals, but I've always said if you want to change something, you change it from within. And and in that respect, if you want to change a particular point of view, you join the party and make yourself known. But that said, Neil, I think also you've got to be aware that um, in, in terms of political votes and what have you, I remember at the last election, federal election last year, Family Voice put out a, a, a how to vote uh, in terms of policies, and we were very, very objective about it. We said, right, here are the issues, abortion, euthanasia, uh, gender dysphoria, what have you. And we asked each party, including One Nation, Australian Conservatives, Labor Liberals, what are your views on it? And it came out strongly that the Liberal Party were ma- mainly ticking those boxes in terms of policy. So, yes, in that respect, I think there's been a shift towards it, uh, but I'm going to make a, proje- a prediction here, Neil, that I think if Mark Latham and his type of campaigning continues, they're going to be a real force within the New South Wales and then who knows the other states as well. But, uh, yeah, in, in, you know, in, in terms of how in God's name do I vote, I think you've got to do that prayerfully, Neil. Yes, and good insights around uh, discussing that question today, Greg. Let me just ask you too, because you've been doing a number of webinars and things like mm-hmm. that, uh, looking to engage Christians in uh, to these sorts of debates that are going on, whether they're political debates. You've mm-hmm. got one coming up too with uh, with regard to Christians and media. That one's coming up, I think, next week. Correct, next Monday. On Monday. So for people who want to engage in that, be a part of the process, uh, become aware of some of the issues that are being faced, uh, I'll point people to the Family Voice Australia website, familyvoice.org.au, familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar, who's the State Director of Family Voice Australia for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you for the opportunity, Neil. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.